0: reading from Genesis 1, 20, verse 27. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. I want to talk to you about God's heart for people to have a relationship with him. Let us pray. Jesus, what a privilege to be with such a group of people that love you and desire to serve you. So Lord, speak through me by the power of your spirit and I pray that each person will receive the word of God into their hearts and act upon what they've received. Do miracles today in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, just a few weeks ago, it was the 4th of July and we celebrated the Declaration of Independence So there's some things really that came out of these verses. So the idea that all men are created equal comes out of this verse because if we are created in the image of God, if every person is created in the image of God, doesn't that mean everybody's equal? If we're all created in his image, we're all equal. I've somehow our founding fathers, they understood that from their understanding of the scripture. And then when it talks about in the... Uh, Decoration that men should be able to uh, have freedom, to pursue happiness, and pursue prosperity and a life, a good life for their families. That comes out of the directive where God said be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. That's his command. Now, a lot of people, as far as having kids, they've fulfilled that, you know, and some keep fulfilling it, you know. But I think it has a spiritual kind of, you're supposed to laugh at that, but you guys are really serious on that one, but uh Um, but it has a spiritual connotation. You know, if we are the body of Christ and his directive to you today as a church is be fruitful and multiply. Do you believe that today? Be fruitful and multiply. So it's not just the pastor saying the church needs to grow. The Lord is saying be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth because all men need God. What does it mean to be made in the image of God? Isn't that awesome? How many of you think that's awesome, that you are made in the image of God? Well, let's look at it. First of all, God is creative. He's made us creative. Now, you know, I've yet to, uh, you know, squirrels know enough or have an instinct to put away nuts in a tree um, for the winter, but I've yet to see one with, a you know, a drawing laid out and uh pencil behind their ear and figuring out how they're gonna build a new house. I've not seen a squirrel do that. Have you seen a squirrel do that? No, because man is creating the image of God, therefore man is creative. And you see, oh, everywhere you look, you see his creative ability and creation of buildings and creation of, uh, you know. And even in recent years with, with computers and that, knowledge just keeps multiplying. And it wasn't because of man's ingenuity. It's because they're made in the image of God, and he gave them the ability to be creative. God is spiritual, and therefore man is spiritual. And this is important because, you know, without a relationship, what makes that complete is a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the link, so to speak, that ties us with God. And there's always going to be something missing if that relationship isn't there. How many of you found that out? I mean, I myself found that out. Many years ago, 40 years ago now, I met the Lord as a young man. As there was, I knew there was something missing in my life. I didn't know what it was. But, you know, somebody told me you could know Jesus Christ personally. And when I accepted him, my life was changed. Matter of fact, it was complete and uh, I made a decision then at age 20 that if I had one life to live, I was going to just live it telling people about Christ because he had done so much for me. Does anybody here say, God has done so much for me? Anybody here? Let me just see your hand. He said, like, God's done a lot for me. I mean, I, I don't know. You all look just perfect and holy out there today. But is it possible some of you were a rascal before or a character or is that possible or some of you were there or everybody just living for God their whole life from the time they were toddlers. God communicates, and therefore man communicates, one with another. God is intellectual, and he's given us the ability to think and reason. God is relational. He wants a relationship with us, and he's created man to be relational. How many of you know that? He said in Genesis 2, it's not good for man to live along. I'm going to make him a helpmate. And really, when it comes even down to the body of Christ, you know, what gives the strength today is that you are relating one to another. And you're moving together as a body. And what God does is because you move together. If two or more are gathered in my name, I am in the midst. If two or three shall agree in any one thing is touching earth, that shall be done in my Father, which is heaven. So how much of a whole body is in agreement moving forward? And God is moral. And man is moral, except when he's influenced by demonic religions and other stuff that somehow gets him off track. You know, as you read the Bible, and even as you look at all the laws that were set up in the Old Testament for the way that Israel was to live, it had this in mind. God is saying, If I created you in the image of God, then there's a certain way you need to treat one another. You need to treat people with dignity. Why? Because they're created in the image of God. There is no class system with God, you know. There is no rich and poor. There is no famous and unfamous. There's none status and unstatus. There's none educated and non-educated. In God's eyes, everybody's equal because everybody's created in the image of God. Matter of fact, one of his first directives was Genesis 9-6. He said if somebody takes another person's life, their life will be taken. Why? You just killed someone created in the image of God. Is that resonating with you today, what that's all about? So I don't I, don't, I could go right into the, like issues of abortion right now, but think about how God thinks of it. When he says you're going to take a life, your life is taken because the person you just killed is created in the image of God. I'm not starting a new doctrine saying everybody is God. But there's something about being created in the image of God that God's handprint and deposit is in our life. You're really quiet or I'm preaching really good. I don't know which it is, but uh, praise God. Now, so what is the key? If the key is if we're created in the image of God, the key came through Jesus Christ. First thing that came out of Jesus' mouth in my public statement, Luke 4.18, he said, I've come to preach good news to the poor. How many think salvation is good news? Friend, it's the best news. It's the best news that anybody will ever hear. It's the best news we'll ever receive. So he made a way that we are made in the image of God, that we can be now made complete. And everything that God gave us as to be created in his image comes alive when you have a relationship with him. But he went on from there. And he, and he said, you know, he came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to set the captive free. He came to heal blind eyes. How many of you know that when Jesus does a work, it's a complete work? He not only saves you, but whatever you need, he's there for you. If when you come to God, if you have a broken heart, he can heal your broken heart. If you need physical healing, he can heal that. If you need deliverance, God can deliver you. It's a complete work that he does when people come to know him. Praise God. Now, again, as you look at this scripture, I hope you can hear the heartbeat of God and what he's saying, because obviously, he wants every person on the earth to know him if we're all created in his image. As I said, I have the privilege of working in eight different countries. And um, I want to tell you a testimony of one of my students. Whenever you, if you get to a picture, it's uh, move to it. It's uh, two ladies and me. There you go. The one in the middle, her name is Sherry Ann Griffin. This other one's name is uh, Helen Arange, and uh, these are the people that they are reaching, the Saramacan people. Now, I said earlier, (coughs) there's 14 groups in Suriname that haven't received the gospel. (coughs) Now, here's a unique thing that a lot of people don't know. Seven of these groups were their ancestors were slaves. (coughs) They came over as slaves in the 1600s, but they ran away from the plantation, went into the jungle, and began just living just like they lived in Africa. They formed villages just like they had in Africa. So today, in the country of Suriname, on the coast of South America, is African villages. And this one, these people are called the Saramacan people. They worship demons, idols, and it's dark. Wherever Jesus isn't there, it's dark and it gets darker. So this young lady, she's from the island of Barbados, the one in the middle. And uh, she, God calls her, when she's like about 20, to be a missionary, to go into the heart of the jungle and proclaim the gospel to these people. Now, I'm telling you, it wasn't, it's not easy. First of all, the only way to go back, you have to take, like, dugout canoes up the river. I'm not talking about the 1800s. I'm talking about <laughs> 2015, and when you get back there, you have to again backpack in. No electricity, no run, no running water. Just living very primitive. And she said, well, you know, when I went in there, I again just uh, living under darkness. She said the people would cook their food, they'd throw it on the ground, and they would pull from it, and rats would come and eat from it at the same time. She said, if a child went to, had to go to the bathroom, right, boom, right there next to you, dark. And in the jungle there was gold mining going on. And it was just like the Wild West. Every man was a was a law unto himself. And their girls were being trafficked, stolen and trafficked for sex trafficking with the miners and the gold mining. But here's what happened. When the good news began to be proclaimed to her village, the light went on. Can you say praise God? The light went on. And when the light of the gospel goes on, the darkness began to disappear after a few years of her proclaiming the gospel to the people day after day, the chief proclaimed that we are going to establish a church in our village because I believe that when we have a church in our village, our village will be blessed with the revelation of the Lord. And this young lady, Sherry, they gave her 12 acres of land to build a church, a school, a training center, and a uh, preschool. And again, if you look at the things that they built besides the church, you see that the light is going on because they see the needs that their people have. Now that you're wondering who the other girl is. She is uh, a member of one of the other tribes. She was reached by Brazilian missionaries, went to Brazil, was trained as a missionary, and has come back and is reading, a tribe called the Aukah people. So Both of them are in the jungle reaching people for gospel. I was telling the pastor after this itineration it would be my joy to go back there and help her and come alongside her. And she said to me, do you think you're up to it? Well, I got to get up to it probably. I need to do more working out I think because it's not easy. You go fording rivers, going up there, sleeping in a hammock. Praise God. Pray for me, all right? Start praying now for uh, for a year from now. You know, as you read in um, Isaiah 61, which is the scripture that Luke 4, uh, 18 and 19 comes from, that verse goes on. It goes on from Jesus saying, I came to preach good news to the poor. He says, you know, Uh, There's a progression there. There's a progression that he says he'll give you a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. That he'll give you a crown of beauty instead of a crown of ashes. He's talking about your life being transformed. And then he says that they shall be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Now, friend, today, if you had a choice of, of either furniture made out of pine or furniture made out of oak, what would you take? The oak, because it's, it's hard. It's solid. Uh, at our children's home where, pa- where your pastor has been, um, we've had, we had four hurricanes in about six years. And the first hurricane, within the first half hour, all the pine trees came down. But all the oak trees are still standing today after four hurricanes. So they're not only very strong, but their roots go deep. And so when he said... That God's plan for your life is not just to get saved, but to be transformed, become an oak of righteousness, to become somebody solid whose roots go deep into the ground. When he says the planting of the Lord. In other words, that your life would be planted and you'd bear fruit where you were. It continues to go on. Then he said, and they shall rebuild the ancient cities. Now I've already described to you, like when I'm thinking about Jamaica. What Kingston, Jamaica is like. So our vision for the children, of the city of refuge was that transformation. The children that came out of the ghettos, and maybe if they would have stayed there would have been future gang leaders or drug leader dealers. These same children moved a picture of the children, the boys, that these same children would be pastors, teachers, engineers, doctors. Now, you might, I, I, if you will let me uh, divert like a proud dad here. See, these, all these kids came, they came as toddlers. They were, had been abandoned. What's like to be abandoned as a child? To, to think that nobody wanted you, that you're tossed aside like a pair of old tennis shoes? They were abandoned, and they couldn't read, none of them. No children who ever came to our home could read. But yet now, let me as these kids, don't they look good? All right, I I go right down the list. This boy here in the checkered shirt, his top in his class academically in high school. The boy next to him in high school, uh, the highest position a a boy can have in the school is called the head boy in the British system. He was deputy head boy last year. He'll be head boy next year. The boy in the middle, Kamar, finished one year of college. This guy uh, next to him has finished a course is to be like a gourmet chef. Praise God. This boy in the blue in the back, again, top academically in his class. And the one, you can't see his face, was a valedictorian of his elementary school. How many say praise God? How many think that's God? See, that's God. Why is it God? Because that's what he said he wants to do. He don't want to save people. He wants to transform their lives. And the same with all of you. He's not just saved you. He has a plan and a purpose for you. He has a purpose for all the children here today and a destiny. And that's why we've kept them in the service. Turn to that uh, the last picture, that uh, set of pictures. There you go. Another one, this is my wife in the blue. That person next to him, again, one of our students, one of the people we're mentoring in the country of Beliefs. Her name is Philippa. Philippa was raised in a children's home. Obviously, her life had been broken before she went there. But when she got saved, God changed her life. That's what he does. Graduated from high school, then college. And then God blessed her with a scholarship to the United States. And she did a master's degree in business. Came back, got a great job. And she began to pour into these kids here on the right. She has a church of just youth. It's not like you're not allowed if you're you know, older, but uh, she's going for the kids, all right? Because that's most of the people who live in the inner city are children. And, uh, and these kids, got their cha- God's changing their lives, kids who are raised in the ghetto. Would you believe, talk about transformation, that recently, because, again, she's raised them up like your kids, the minister, she got all these kids' passports and they are going to go on missions trips outside of the country of Belize. How many of you think that's amazing? (laughs) You see that one white guy right in the middle? That's me in the middle there. One white face. I want to close with this. You know, you say, what's one of the key ingredients in the transformation of lives? I'll tell you what it is. It's mentoring. And I know it firsthand because, see, like these kids, they get saved when they go home. They don't go home to a, a home where there's a beautiful example of Christianity. They go home to maybe a drug dealing dad or a, a mother dysfunctional, living in legal activities. But these kids, that one in the yellow there, they can look at her and say, I can be like that. If Philippa could be in a children's home and God could save her and change her life, then he can do it for me. Matter of fact, she went into one of the, her girls' homes and on the wall there was two pictures, one of the little girl, and one of her. And on top of it, it said, dreams can't come true. Dreams can't come true. You know that picture of those boys I showed you one night when you have an intercessory prayer at the city of refuge, and I knelt to pray. And within minutes, about five of those boys had their hands on my back and were praying for me. And one of them, the one in the middle, was the deputy head boy, I heard him say this, Jesus touched Pastor Steve. He's the only father we've ever known. He said, what did you do? How do you father 60 kids? Well, just come alongside him, love on him, hang out with him, take him with me when I'd go run errands, take him with me when I would go preach, take him fishing. Somebody said, now you're talking, now you're talking. Yeah, take them fishing. <laughs> I thought the men would say, "Man, there's this one girl in the front." I said, "Yeah, yeah." Or if you're a woman, take them shopping. Or a man, hang out, do life together. Do life together. What do you think I do when I take these boys fishing? What do you think I do? Untangle lines and bait hooks. And in Jamaica, instead of saying, cast it out, they say, fling it out there, Pastor. Fling it for me. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Stand with me as we're about to close. Worship team, if you'd come. You know, one of the things that, uh, one of the uh, things that Israel set up was called the Year of Jubilee. The Year of Jubilee was, the 50th year you know when Israel came back from Egypt the land was divided among all the families so all the families had land they started out equal they all started out with the same amount of land but as time went on misfortune may have hit a family maybe alcoholism hit that family Uh, natural disasters and somehow as time went on some of the people lost their land had to sell it but guess what happened at the 50th year all the land went back to the original families. Everybody got a new start. No matter what happened to them in those 50 years, no matter what misfortune they happened, whatever happened to them that they ended up in poverty, they got their land back, and they were starting out new. Friends, that's, what, that's why in Isaiah 61, when Jesus quoted, he said, this is the year of the favor of the Lord. Friend, everybody here, and I don't know, if you're here today and you don't know the Lord, you can get a new start. A new start with Jesus Christ. No matter what you've done, no matter what, you know, what misfortunes have happened to you, no matter what's happening in your life today, you can have a year of Jubilee. You can have a year when the slate is cleaned and you're starting out new and you're starting out fresh. Praise God. Just bow your heads with me as we close. If you're here today and you say, that's me, Pastor, I need that. I I need to start out fresh. I need a new beginning. Friends, the only new beginning you have is through Jesus Christ. Nobody else is going to give you that. Nobody else can give you that. But we're here and we can pray with you today for that. So would it be anybody to raise their hand and say, Pray for me, Pastor? I, that's what I need today. Pastor is right here to meet you. Pastor's here to meet you. Pastor's here to meet you. How many here today would say, Pastor Steve? I want to. I want to give it all to God. When I mean by give it all, you realize what it means to be born, be made in the image of God, and the realization of who you are in Christ is gripping your soul. And you say, "Man, I just want God to use my life. I want to be that oak of righteousness." The, so raise your hand where you are today, all over, all over the sanctuary. Father, touch people today. Touch people today. Maybe with the realization of who they are in God, being created in his image, being born, by the, born again by the power of God and filled with the Holy Spirit to do exploits. Father, I just pray. How many today would say, God's given me a dream, he's given me a vision of, of my life. Let me just see your hand. He's given me a dream, he's given well, there's more out there. Let, let me see it, or, or just in your heart, you say, "What if? What if I could reach youth? What if I could touch children? What if I could go to the jails? What if I could touch single moms? How many would raise their hands? And say, God's put a passion in my heart, Father. Confirm this morning dreams and visions that God, you have not put desires in people's hearts that you did not plan to fulfill that desire. Even as you put a desire in my wife and I's heart to start a children's home, we realized we could not do it at all except by your power. Help people today just to begin to step out. Take one step and then another, then another. And they'll look back and see that God has led them. This is how I want to close. I want the children and the teens to come to the front. Just come and stand right here. I'm going to tell you right now, congregation, I'm spoiled. I'm spoiled. I lived with children for six, for 12 years. The first two and a half years lived right in the house with them. Can you imagine living in the house with like 20 toddlers? I mean, you know, I made it okay. I mean, not too. (laughs) I'm spoiled. I want to tell you that now. I believe in the potential of God in each one of your lives. I believe in the destiny that He has for each one of you a destiny to touch the world. And you say, me? Yeah, you. Why? Because you're created in the image of God. If you're created in the image of God, what does that mean? Means that you're awesome, and that God has an awesome plan for your life. So I want you adults just to come and get behind them, and you lay their hand on them, and begin to pray. And I'm going to come in front of them, and just ask God's destiny to come forth. Children, if you if you're comfortable with it, raise your hands to the Lord. It doesn't matter. I mean, you, you know, if you aren't comfortable, that's all right. Touch these children today. Touch these teenagers. May they know they're created in the image of God. May they know that God has a destiny for their lives. And may they know God has created them to be oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord.